Welcome to the Worship Leader Probs Podcast with your host Jeremy and Mr. Probs. Look, worship leading can be one of the most rewarding areas of church ministry. But it can also feel like... I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Welcome to episode 48 of the Worship Leader Probs Podcast. What's up, Big Tasty? Here we go. Number 48. You know what I heard? I heard almost 50. That is what I heard. And you know what else I heard? What? We're sponsored by Planning Center Online. Planning Center Online. Can you... Okay. Can you even yes. believe, and we've referenced this a few times, but back when we started, you mm-hmm. said, hey, there's these stats. If you're still doing it by this time, it'll mean that you're going to go for this long. Yeah. What does 48 mean? 48 means we like, it's like over, if you can get over 20 episodes, you've got like a three year shelf life is like, because it's a lot of work. Wow. I mean, it, I think yeah. you can agree. Like coming up with the topics and then mm. a couple hours to edit and put mm. it all together and then all the marketing. Cause here's the thing. You don't just put a podcast together and do it. Then all the time I spend doing it on the tech end, then Brian's got all this other side of it trying to market it on our Instagram account and all. So there's hours a week that go into keeping uh, our podcast great again. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> we want it to be huge. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So yeah, once you get up to like 48, like you've got. You got it's it's showing that you're in it to win it. You got some staying power, right? Like Planning Center Online. Like Planning Center in, Online. Okay, let me tell you. One. In it to win it. Let me tell you about Church Center. Okay. Oh, why don't you? Can you tell me all about Church Center? I'm gonna tell you about. Church I'm Center. so excited. Hit you okay, here some, we go. Hit me. Hit you with some knowledge. Hit me with some knowledge. So Planning Center has a free app for your con- congregation. Okay. <laughs> if you for your you, conversation for your conversation with your congregation. If you use planning center applications, okay, you can give people in your church access to an app where they can connect to the life of your church by checking their families in, giving, joining small groups, managing their personal profile information, registering for events. And you can learn more about uh, this by going to planning.center slash church dash center. And here's the thing. How often have you been in a staff meeting? Somebody brings up a, a person. LC Smith. Ooh, and okay. you have this conversation and you're like, does anybody know who LC Smith is? Well, I don't know who LC is. What does she look like? Let's see if she has a Facebook. LC Smith isn't on Facebook. Can you imagine just being able to pull up the old church center app? That's right. There's LC Smith. I know that lady. I see her at church all the time. I'll check in on her. Yep. Church center and planning center university gives you free training for all of their oh. apps. For free. For free. Nice. What is that guy? What is the Dr. Pepper commercial? Diet Dr. Pepper? It's a sweet one. <laughs> Dude, you know who that is? <laughs> no, I don't. Did you watch the very first season of American Idol? Uh, yes. Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Remember, you remember Justin Guarini? No way. That finished number two? Are you kidding me? He He's a little sweet. Are you serious? 100%. The dude with the curly hair. Sweet. Yes. It's a sweet one. I did not know that. Yeah. I will tell you, come- that is that commercial is the earworm of all earworms. Because if I see it once, I'm singing that in my head for two weeks. Yeah. Well done, Diet only- Dr. Pepper. Yeah. The only other one that got me more was back when I was a kid. Remember the Gatorade commercial with Michael Jordan? Like Mike, 
If I could be like Mike, I want to be, I want to be like Mike, like Mike. So when I was a kid, we'd be playing basketball in the driveway with my dad. So that was like our thing is we would uh, wait for my dad to get home from work and we would play um, one-on-one with my, my brother and my dad. And we'd play like 21 and he would always, my dad would get hot. He would just sing like Mike. <laughs> If I could be like Mike, <laughs> used to make us laugh because we knew he was feeling it when, he, when the song came out. That's awesome. You know what got me yeah, when man. I was a kid? Now, this is going to date me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wendy's. I think it was Wendy's. They had a commercial with this old lady and her catchphrase was, where's the beef? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that commercial? I did. That would have been probably like mid or, mid 80s. I don't think so. Yeah, probably. I was I, I was pretty young, though. I don't. Hey, I'm old now. So yeah, you're so old. You're I'm forty, so old. dude. I'm forty. Oh, it's old. God love you, dude. It was such a good weekend at my church, and I, 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 it is what it is. But like, we spent a lot of time. Me and a friend of mine, uh, Santi Del Valle Garces. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mul- I finally learned how to say his name. Yeah, absolutely. And so he he came down to Stewart, Florida, with me, and we sat for two days and just. Played with broadcast and played with broadcast and we, man, we just, we got it really rocking. And so it was just a good weekend. Nice. And so I mixed broadcast for the first time this weekend. And, uh, man, it was just, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Was dude. it, was it bumping? It, dude, it, I'm not going to lie. I'm, this is going to sound so prideful. And you're, whenever you see me, you guys can throw a punch at me, but like, I, I, I kind of put it up against anybody right now. Wow. It sounds really nice. good. Nice. So yeah, man. So. Santiago some, Del Valle Garces, thank you for your time. Did you have some bops in the set? We had some bops. We had an original bop this weekend. Bangers. Uh, the new one's a banger. Jams. That's the third Jams. one. That's the one I couldn't think of. Is that that's the one, the one that you missed? That's one I couldn't think of. Gotcha. You know what we did this weekend? What? Hallelujah for the crowd. Oh, baby. And we're going to be breaking out uh, Valley here pretty yes. soon. Chris's new single. Yeah. Dude, it's Ooh. lit. You got to check that out. We're going to bring him that back. Right? Is, He's coming back. Yeah, Lori's working with it right now, trying to get Chris back on the show. Hey, let me ask you a question. What you got, Doc? When's the last time you went to the beach? When was the last time? For those time of I us who that's beach. not an option for. Um I drive by the beach a lot now. Do you because ever stop? our church our church is, is literally five minutes from the ocean. Um and so but we're like right on the Indian River Lagoon. Mm-hmm. And so um, I stop. I drive by. Like, did you I say put up in my story the other day? Or lagoon? Lagoon. Okay. It's not. It's not a bean. Okay. <laughs> it's a body of water. <laughs> um, and so there. So I've got an hour drive to work. And uh, what I've been doing some days is I'll come down this road called Yos One. And when I get into Fort Pierce, there's a there's a road called Indian River Drive, and it's this two lane road for about twenty five miles. And the entire left side, as you're driving south down to the church, is the river heading all the way down and you see dolphin and you see cool birds and oh god i have this fantasy gorgeous of you pulling off when the fantasy has ended <laughs> and all the children are gone okay i can see you pulling off yep. taking out like a loaf of bread sitting on a bench and feeding the birds oh, i thought you're gonna go something spiritual like taking communion i could see you doing that too no, I don't think I would ever feed the birds. They used to scare me because they it would kind of dive bomb you when I was a kid. Why would they dive bomb? Because I had the bread. Because like... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be smart and take like a piece of bread. I would take like yeah. a half a loaf in my hand and walk around with it. And the, <laughs> what a shock! The bird, the birds were interested. 
That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Scarred me a little bit. But that's how, how was church for you this weekend, dude? It was good. It was a busy weekend. Uh, we went to a, 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 a mentoring conference on Friday and heard like Bob Goff and, um, nice. the Enneagram guy. And we heard uh, Sage Steele, who is the evening ESPN Sports Center anchor who oh, graduated yeah. from Indiana University. That was cool. That night we went to see For King and Country here in Indianapolis, Ooh. which was good. Uh, there were some followers who were there. I posted something in the story and got we got some DMs from some people. Um, so did that and then went straight into uh, services, which w- went well. And then um, I leave uh, Wednesday for a pastor's retreat in Colorado. Oh, I'm sure that's going to be terrible. I don't have a lot of Colorado experience, so I'm kind of looking forward to the mountains and nice. Yeah. Be good. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, my man, why don't we jump into the first segment of our podcast this week that we like to call Prayer Concerns. So every week on the Worship Leader Problems podcast, we like to read the prayer concerns that you guys are getting in your church. And so I know the name might be a little misleading, uh, but what this actually is, is that each and every one of us have a connection card or a welcome card sitting in our seat backs in our church services. And so we've got a nice little place on the back where we can say, how can we pray for you? But instead, people like to share all the things that we are doing wrong in our church, and that gives them a chance to share all their opinions instead. And so we like to read those here on the podcast, and here's kind of why. Here's a little bit of the vision behind why we have uh, kind of taken up this this segment of our podcast. It's it's very simple. Like, many of us feel very isolated in our churches. And how many times For have sure. you heard uh, some sort of a you know, a comment or a complaint or whatever. And you just think, am I the only person in the world that has to deal with this? Well, guess what? You're not because many of the things that we talk about in our prayer concerns section are happening in your church. And so all we're trying to do is make the world feel a little bit smaller. So big tasty. What do we got? Yeah. You know, I lived a, I lived a prayer concern this weekend. No. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you get? So, uh, we have a, our main worship center and then we have a chapel that okay. um we we have open for we have some uh like some student age people who have like sensory issues and so sometimes okay. the lighting can get a little crazy even though our lighting really isn't crazy but um we so we keep the chapel open and it's just a straight video feed from the worship center yeah i set that up you know saturday and sunday i i run it low very, very low and there's nobody in the booth, but we set it and kind of set it and forget it kind of a deal. And yeah. we run it really low again because of the sensory issues. And so I, uh, I walked in there after the music because when I walked by, I noticed that you couldn't really hear our pastor. He was starting his message and you couldn't really hear him. So, uh, I walked in, I walked into the booth and a lady in the chapel had gone into the booth and turned it down. Oh my. Yeah. So had a little, had a little, awesome. had a little thing on Saturday night. So nice. Yeah. Did they say anything? Uh, yeah. So I went in and, and just nudged it back up a little bit because they're, you know, that she's not the only one in there. And I, I was kind of afraid that it, people weren't going to hear the message. It was that soft. And so, wow. I, I bumped it up a little bit and she stood up and started kind of yelling at me in front of everyone. So. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. True or false, you one time walked in the chapel and there was only one person in there and they were sleeping. That was that was not when our senior pastor was preaching, but it was uh yeah. 
Yeah, the memestress may have uh, <laughs> taken advantage of that. I love it. <laughs> okay, sorry, I derailed us. That's good. Sorry. I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. It's prayer concern number one. My drummer canceled kind of last minute, so we didn't have any drums that weekend. Several folks, I like to call them my volume police, told me <laughs> that worship was accessible to them, and they really loved what I did with the music. <laughs> no drums. I love it. I loved it. All right, number two. Oh, we hadn't done a hymn in a long time, so I thought I would mix it up a bit this past weekend, and we sang part of Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus at the end of our worship set. After service, a senior saint came up to me and said, the songs were amazing this morning. Most week I hate them, but this <laughs> week it was good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we recently got a novel. This is number three. We got a novel from a lady about how my jeans were inappropriate to lead worship in. They had a fake rip in them with material underneath, and they were maternity jeans, for goodness sake. Apparently, she was concerned about my jeans being too sexy for men like her husband, <laughs> while my eight-month eight pregnant belly looked like a beach ball. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Jeans are inappropriate. Number four, <laughs> we had an issue with our live stream right before service, and the production team needed me, the worship leader, to fix it. Now, this was just one minute before the service started. So I'm frantically running toward the booth. An older man stops me and says, Hey, man, I'd like to take your songbook, throw it in the trash, and give you a new one. And he said it all with a big smile on his face. And I just said, Well, great. I can't wait to see it. Are you ready for worship? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. Number I'd like to take you. <laughs> I'd like to take you and you know, love you with the love of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Pray the business over you. <laughs> okay, number five. We had an 80-plus-year-old church member come into our sound check with a decibel meter. He took it to the pastor, who is my dad, showed him the level, and told him it wasn't safe for children. Not safe for children. Dude, have you heard about the new update to Apple Watches? It's not good. It's not good it's for not us. It's not good. It's going to create it's, so much havoc. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I am so not looking forward to that. So for those of you who are not in the know, Apple has took it upon themselves to put a decibel meter on your Apple Watch. And so whenever it gets over 85 decibels, you're going to get a warning saying it's, it's, you know, it's loud. And so who knows if they're calibrated number one. And then everybody who's anybody's going to come, my Apple Watch is telling me this is way too loud. You've got to turn this down. When we all know it's about length over time and exposure and, you know, like they're just going to see 85 once, but OSHA requirements are like eight to 10 hours at 85 decibels before you might have hearing loss. It's, ugh. Thanks, Apple. Thanks, Apple. Although if you want to sponsor us, we'll put some good vibes out there for your 100%. <laughs> Okay, number six. I used to run our kids club at church, but now I'm the worship leader. A lady in our church recently tried to encourage me by saying, I hated you in kids, in, sorry. I hated you in kids club, but you're a real blessing to the music. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah. Oh, oh the old, my the old backhanded. Loving that. 
Number seven, a church member recently criticized one of our waterfall graphics as being inconsiderate as it looked like a nuclear bomb exploding. And with North Korea in the news, we were not being mindful of current events. <laughs> I, I I literally don't even, I, I can't. I got 10 and a half years of ministry experience and I don't know that I would have an answer for that. It's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. <laughs> Okay. So that's the second time North Korea has come up in the podcast. Do you remember once a guy said, a church member told him his haircut reminded him of Kim Jong-un? Kim Jong-un. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Number eight, the last one, the bottom of the pudding cup. I recently received this and it said, check your monitors. I don't think the singers can hear themselves. <laughs> Oh my God. You know what that, you know what we need right there? What do we need? Somebody called the, oh, somebody called the burn unit. <laughs> concerns to the worship leader props podcast. Hey, if you'd like for us to read your concerns, all you have to do is go to www.worshipleaderprobs.com. Click on the prayer concerns tab and uh, right there we have a little form you can fill out and here's the cool thing. We don't ask for your name. We don't ask for your church's name. We don't ask for any information at all about you because we want to keep it completely anonymous. So, hey, thank you so much for being part of the Worship Leader Problems podcast. Well, dude, let's get into our final segment of the podcast that we like to call sliding into the DMs. So here's the thing. Y'all, y'all ask us a lot of questions. And it's good. We love it. So keep them coming. We love it. Uh, but every once in a while, we just want to find, we, we see one or two of them that we just feel like we need to take a little bit more time and actually talk about them here on the podcast. And so we call that sliding into the DMs. And so big tasty. What do we got this week? We're going to talk about song libraries. Um, uh, how Ooh. many songs do you keep in your rotation? How often do you introduce a new song? Yeah. Maybe, maybe even how do you introduce a new song? Uh, we could do that too. I don't know how crazy it's going to get, man. I, it's going to get crazy. <laughs> it's going to be lit up in here. So I'll, I, I can jump in. Uh, I, I'm not a guy. I should hope so. You're the worship pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a guy who probably holds hard and fast to the rule of I've got this many songs in my rotation. Um, yeah. I, I, I think so much of that depends on your congregation. And that's like worship leader 101, know your congregation. You know, we've talked about, and you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. You know, you know when to push, how hard to push, um, how often to push, like with new material, that kind of stuff. And so I will say, um, I don't, I would, I would, uh, this will come with a word of caution. Okay. Uh, just because you hear it on Christian radio doesn't mean you should be singing it in your church. So any song that you are uh, considering, I think you do some deep study. I think you dive into the word of God and make sure that uh, everything about that song is right in line. Okay. Yeah. So uh, for us, I, I don't have really a number of like, we have this many songs in our rotation. We're, we are, uh, most weeks about four songs, sometimes okay. three and a half, four songs. And so, um, I do think Christian radio has been a game changer in terms of introducing songs because if you're doing 
unless you're doing something that is not like a like main light, like an artist who's and there are lots of them, lots of really good ones. Um, but if, yeah. if you're doing the, the, some of the bigger mainline artists, like the chances are your, your congregation or at least the ones who have listened to Christian radio have already heard it. And so uh, I've, that's probably a, I don't know, eight or nine, 10 year trend that I've noticed is that it's a little easier to introduce songs than it used to be. Nice. So, um, I don't hold a, a number of songs in my, in my, uh, rotation um we do do a lot of like right now we're in a six-week series called room for doubt and these are all questions that people have how do we know jesus was the son of god you know isn't the bible full of contradictions that type stuff and so when we're doing a, a shorter series like that we do occasionally we will try to pick a theme song uh, many times it is a newer song and we just sing that every week. So like we just finished up a series and our theme was uh, Yes and Amen, uh, written by oh, cool. our friend Chris McClarney. Uh, this, this theme song for this series is a song called Questions and then in parentheses, You Are Faithful uh, by Matt Redman. Uh, it's a kind of on the newer end, um, just deals with us. God's not afraid of our questions. You know, he's always there. Yeah. He's ready to answer that kind of stuff. So we do like a, this theme song kind of deal. If it's a shorter series, um, I don't have a hard and fast number and I probably, it would be a busy month if I introduced two songs in the same, wow. in the same month. I don't, I would not do that often. It, it also depends on the songs now. Um, okay. Like if it's a Tomlin song, most of Tomlin's stuff is on the radio. So those are a little inter- easier to introduce, I think, because so, so often your, your people have heard them. Um, a lot of times when we introduce a new song, this is our process. I've talked about this before. Um, I find a YouTube video. I put it on social media, on my page, our church's page. They share, 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 share. Got a new song come in this week. Here's who it's by. Here's what it means. Here are some of the lyrics. Uh, listen to it and come ready to worship this weekend. I'll put that out a couple times leading up uh, to the weekend. Um, we'll do the song normally a couple of weekends in a row when we introduce it, maybe two weekends uh, in a row, stop for a week and then bring it back again. So it kind of can get into the, into the flow of, of, of our church's hearts and minds. And so I'd love to know what you're doing. If you're doing something different, if you, if you're a person who ascribes to the, we, we have 25 songs in our rotation or 10 songs or whatever that looks like, uh, send us a DM or an email and let us know, uh, let us know what you're doing. So that's kind of my process probably sounds pretty unscientific. Cause I'm, <laughs> I mean, but it's been working for 25 years. <laughs> well, that depends on who you're asking. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not the lady up in your chapel. Yeah, not a fan, not a fan. We keep at TC3, we keep, we keep a pretty short list of songs. Um, I bet there's 20 to 22 songs probably in our song list. Um, I think part of that is like at this point, the average church goer, I've heard like it's 1.6 or 1.7 times a week, uh, a month is what people are actually coming to church. And so the reality is what, what seems maybe, um, stale to you probably isn't to your congregation um, because you're listening to it at rehearsal. You're listening to it at two services, three services, four services. Um, you're listening to it during the week in order to be prepared for the week. You know what I mean? Like, and so, but you know, there's times you may do a song, you know, for uh, the congregation, like 
yeah, you might do it twice in two months, but there's a good chance somebody only heard it once. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's every couple of months they're hearing that song that you feel like is going on and on. So, uh, yeah, we, we keep it pretty, pretty close to the chest. In my time at TC3, we have inter, I've been there eight weeks now. We have introduced two songs. Mm-hmm. So, and <laughs> it was two on one weekend, mm-hmm. which is very out of character, yeah. but, um, we had already had, Sea of Victory from Elevation was already scheduled. Mm-hmm. And then as, as we met with the senior pastor to talk through what his takeaway was from his message, it became very apparent that King of Kings, that needed to happen. So what we did is we introduced Sea of Victory like we normally would uh, in service and kind of say, hey, this is a new song. Would you join us? Blah, blah, blah. But when it came to King of Kings, after the message, hey, we just said, hey, we just sit down. We just want to sing over you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's just have a moment to soak. And so it actually, it, it turned out well. And then it would appear that Andy likes to once, if he does it one weekend, he'll come back with that new song the following weekend. So, you know, and I love that. Here's, and here's what I, somebody, I, this is not original to me. Somebody said this to me once. If you're in your car or you're listening to music or whatever and you hear a song that you really like. Yeah. As soon as that song is over, what do you do? Play it again, play, play it again, play it again. You play it again. And so, so often I think, um, we fool ourselves into, you know, we've done this one or we've done it too much or whatever. Yeah. Just remember what Jeremy just said is very true. Um, there's a chance that, you know, uh, the majority of the time that you've done that song, there's a, there's a huge chunk of your church that hasn't heard it. Yeah. So don't, don't also- kid yourself into that. I'm also a huge fan too when you're introducing new songs. Um, for a couple of weeks prior, put it into your pre-service playlist. Love that. Yeah. And then inadvertently it'll sound familiar to mm-hmm. those that come regularly. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, guys, we are about to jump into an interview with a good friend of Brian and Kim. Uh, his name is Steve Arterburn. And so Steve, it was an incredible interview and just a lot of insight and wisdom. And so we're excited for you to get part one with Steve Arterburn. Well, the Worship Leader Probs podcast is thrilled to have uh, Steve Arterburn with us. Um, and I have had the privilege of traveling around the world a little bit with Steve. My wife and I have done some worship leading for his ministry, New Life Ministries, um, that he founded in 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, and New Life uh, Ministries is a nationally recognized faith, faith-based broadcasting and counseling uh, organization. Um, you can see them on radio, TV, uh workshops all all over the place um and so we'll talk a little bit more with him uh, about that as we roll along but steve we are thrilled to have you today i'm super impressed you can see them on radio oh dang (laughs) you can't that's why i don't (laughs) that's why i don't intro on tv we're on tv yeah you can see see that that's why i don't they they don't let me do the intro Well, that's all the time I had allocated for this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so okay. If you if you're not aware, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not aware of Steve or New Life, you need to do a couple of things. You need to go follow the real Stephen Arterburn on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all those places. Uh, you need to follow New Life Ministries and New Life Live on all those on this all the socials as well. Um, I, I've not run across a whole lot of, of ministries that are making a bigger impact, that's for sure. So we're thrilled to have you today. Thanks. Glad, glad to be here. And um, I just want to say that you are talking to a former praise and worship leader. Really? Let's go. Yeah, I was uh, 
one of the ways that I uh, paid for college, I went to Baylor University, is I was the minister of music and youth at McGregor, Texas, at First Baptist Church there. Yeah. All right. I don't know that I even knew that. Probably didn't. And um, they were so desperate. I remember for people to join that church one one night. I'm you know because you go at morning and night and Wednesday. One night the guy he is begging Pete somebody come down the aisle. You know it was only about four feet long. It was such a small church, but he says he says you know maybe you want to rededicate your life. Maybe maybe you're from a church that's disbanded. And I'm going what? I mean, what? We only have 17 people here. It was, uh, it was a battle, uh, to just stay awake during the message as a, cause, you know, we sat up on the stage back then. Oh my goodness. Oh my. Oh yeah. Uh, That was, um, you know, no dose was a requirement for me (laughs) to uh, be the praise and worship leader there. I'll tell you, that was an exciting time. Oh my I haven't heard no dose since I was in college. <laughs> I know. That's fantastic. Boy, I was, uh, I was a free, I was in the frequent buyer program. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they didn't quite have some of the energy drinks that, uh, are prevalent today. No. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, okay. So Steve, I want to, I want to tell them a little bit about new life and what you guys do. So, um, how would you, how would you describe it, uh, to our listeners? We've got the radio, we've got, TV, we've got the call-in show, we've got workshops, we've got trips, we've got. Yeah. Well, you know, there, um, there are a lot of different goals that a ministry could have. And we set out to be a transformation ministry, meaning, um, you know, we're not here to make you feel better uh, short term. We want you to maybe even feel so crummy that you want to get some help so that long term, uh, everything is different in your life. So we have three principles. One is true truth, which means um, what, did, what did God really try to communicate in that truth versus what mm. we try to make it or somebody might try to make it communicate. And, um, That's amazing. and then secondly would be redemptive relationship or connection. Uh, you, you take truth in redemptive relationship. Now we have a chance for this third thing called transformation. Uh, people that say, you know, all I need is Jesus in my Bible. Well, um, probably not because Jesus didn't say all you need is me and your Bible. You know, his word says we need to confess our sins to one another. Don't forsake uh, assembling yourselves together. Love one another. Encourage one another. It's all about one another. And so um, I guess a headline for us would be uh, we want to help people in the number one goal of of life as a believer, and that is loving well. Okay, so that's easy to say. When it doesn't come together easily, what's standing in your way of loving well? We want to help you with that. So we we do a thing like our marriage intensive. About 75% of the people come, and they fill out stuff before they come. They say, if something great doesn't happen this weekend, we're going to divorce. We have a 95% success rate for those people. Wow. Whoa! But we 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 fly in people from all over. Um, you know, the we fly in Christian therapists from all yeah. around the country, and so you hear somebody speak, like me or someone else, and then you go into a group and you go to work, and so it's very different than than most uh, other workshops. Mm. But I'll wow, tell you dude. that the 
things that we're most known for, one, uh, out of New Life came the uh, women's movement called Women of Faith. And we, mm-hmm. uh, in 20 years, we had 5 million women filling arenas, over uh, a half million accepting Christ. And that was a big deal. Oh, my goodness. Then oh, wow. uh, Every Man's Battle is uh, probably the most famous book I've written. And then uh, there's this Life Recovery Bible, uh, a little Bible that uh, Dave Stoop and I edited 25 years ago. Most Bibles, you know, they'll sell 100,000, a couple hundred thousand, something like that. Uh, we have just sold the three millionth copy. Uh, if you're in prison, Prison Fellowship gives it away. And uh, it's a pew Bible for Salvation Army. And it's just been uh, one of the greatest blessings to get to be part of that. In fact, on uh, October, the, uh, what is this coming Saturday? Is that the fifth? Or do I need to drink a fifth just to get through this interview? Uh, let's see, I think it's, it's Saturday. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Yes, it is the fifth. Yeah. Okay. So we're doing a life recovery conference on 12 steps to happier, uh, in Southern California. So if you're awesome. watching this uh, podcast later than that, then forget I said it. <laughs> hey, and your, your, uh, your Bible is in the Museum of the Bible. It is. Yes. That was a cool thing. Museum of the Bible in DC. There it is sitting right there. Great wow. honor. And if you've never so been to cool. the Museum of the Bible, that would be worth a um, little time going through. That's so cool. That's so cool. Man, I remember when I got engaged, uh, I, w- I had a, a accountability partner and he said, I'm going to bring a book and I want you to read that book. And the book was Every Man's Battle. Cool. And so that would have been in, uh, 1994. Amazing. Yeah, nice. we're, we're just coming out with the uh, 20th anniversary uh, with all the new brain science and stuff that comes out later this year for every man's battle. Awesome. Yeah. And you've wow. got women in the battle. We've got women in the battle. Uh, every young woman's battle. Uh, you name it. There. You know, Fred Stoker had a vision for six books that, and he said, "I have this vision: six books that will sell all over the world." I go. Yeah. Right. Uh, a lot of people do, Fred. <laughs> well, we created six books Fred. for men, six books for women, and uh, they're, they are now, I think we just, we have our 26th translation. Holy crap. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's so awesome. Well, Kim and I, uh, as I said earlier, we've gotten to lead worship uh, on a few new life trips. We've gone to Alaska. Uh, we've done the footsteps of Paul in Greece and Turkey. And you we guys, did Israel. Are you still married? We are. We are. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I, just, I didn't know. Last, last time we talked. I, uh, oh, my gosh. And in, in March, we, we it was a, a, another bucket list trip. We got to go to Israel. Oh, that amazing. Steve, that was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so I just want to thank you for... Uh, the impact you've made on us and the investment that you've made in us. It's been a, such an honor. Well, you, um, you know, you just kind of became the, the new life music because you guys are good and you're so low maintenance. And to me, the highlight of having you come was in the restaurant where to go to the restroom, you had to walk in front of, of Kim. I mean, she might be singing. So yeah, she just, <laughs> It's like, no problem whatsoever. Let's do it, man. It was just, uh, it was the best. And I hope there's a video somewhere to show somebody, this is what a true professional does. Oh, gosh. 
that was a, that made a memory. Well, and when she was catching her breath during that bridge, and she said to the lady, "Number one or number two? I, I just. <laughs> 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 oh, God. That's oh, awesome. Well, okay. So we have these five questions that we take everybody through that we, we interview. Some are serious, some are not serious. And, uh, just, in, we call it the Frank Five. So I don't think we're going to have a problem with you setting you free, to be honest. So, um, we'll just, uh, jump right in. Could you, uh, question number one is just tell us a little bit about your journey. Like, how did you, uh, how did you get to where you are now? What did, what did your journey into this new life ministries look like? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I had a lot of problems in college. I, um, you know, I paid for uh, an abortion, and I was, um, and so after I woke up to what I had done, tremendous shame, uh, eighty ulcers eating at me, um, just shame, guilt, suicidal sometimes, um, and so I found a way back from all that. And um, when I did, a lot of people um, thought that uh, my transformation or uh, rededication was, was kind of fake. Uh, they didn't, they couldn't believe a guy could be so going this way and then going that way, you know, having Bible studies in, in my apartment and all this stuff. Um, but that, you know, I just felt such a, an amazing transformation that I wanted other people to experience. So I left Baylor and I went to um, seminary in uh, Fort Worth, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I studied counseling there, ended up with a degree from um, University of North Texas and um, just was working with uh, in a psych hospital while I was in seminary saw how crummy things could get, wanted to uh, do that for Christians from a Christian perspective. And some men came to me and said, uh, we want you to start an organization. What would you do? I said, Christian psychiatric care. They gave me some millions of dollars to start New Life in 1988. And pretty soon we had $92 million in revenue and 32 treatment centers around the country. And uh, so they were venture capitalists, so they eventually wanted to sell all that, and they sold it. And we spun off New Life into the radio show and the stuff that we do now. Um, along the way, I met a guy and said, hey, I've got some material for a book if you want to co-author sometime. And we did. And that was the first of, um, that was in 1984, it's called Hooked on Life. I've written over 100 books since then, or authored or co-authored in Bibles and 11 million books in print. Um, I just, I've been very fortunate, you know, because uh, that came to me. I um, I think God gave me this vision for women of faith. Um, and it just, you know, it was amazing. It was, a, it was right after a year of embarrassment. I was touring some speakers around the country. And we went to nine cities, and we had less than a 1,000 people in nine cities. In Chicago, I was probably in the biggest ballroom you can imagine. We had 35 people show up. And so I proved in 1995 that nobody was a worse failure at touring speakers around the Christian community. But I had this vision in 95 for Women of Faith. 
And so um, we started in 96, 35,000 people showed up that year. Wow. Wow. And then the next year, 150,000. And then after that, 300 to 400,000 every year. And uh, it was just uh, crazy. It was amazing. So, you know, through that, I I was married for 20 years in a very uh, difficult marriage. She had an affair. Um, I confronted her about it and she divorced me. I thought life was over and, um, it wasn't, but it, but it felt like it was. And, um, and so I survived that and I married Misty. We'll celebrate our anniversary in March, be 15 years I've been married to her. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Five kids. That's awesome. Five kids. Five kids. Five wow, kids. dude. And Misty is a powerhouse as well. Oh, she's, a. Uh, um, very respected uh, group facilitator. She works with women with sexual integrity problems, with recovery issues. We teach together at our church a thing called Take Your Life Back on uh, Sunday nights. Um, yeah, she's a writer. She's We've written books together, spoken together. Uh, we're not speaking to each other right now, but uh, we <laughs> it seems to be good. Was that question number awesome. one? That, that was, was question, question number, number one. one. Number one. Awesome. Ooh, got that out of the way. Okay. <laughs> did great. You did great. All right. So here's question number two. Um, which animal in the animal kingdom would best represent Steve Arterburn? Squirrel. <laughs> he doesn't even think about it. That's it. I feel like you've answered this question before. <laughs> well, you just asked me a question. I mean, am I supposed to uh, wait? Here, let me do it your way. Oh, wow. Man. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, eagle, is that better? I mean, not, no, not at all. Work. I just it was it was just so quick. So I lead this thing at my church. Uh, it's called Rooted. It's a ten week discipleship program that kind of takes people from like who is God all the way to what it looks like to be like a, a really thriving, growing Christian in the kingdom of God. And so, like, we do these questions just to kind of break the ice. And so I use that, and and everybody had to like sit and think forever. So you know, ten people at the table, and then you just come out. Squirrel, well, the squirrel like doesn't you. think. The squirrel just goes to find an acorn. It just, it, it just acts. Yeah. So, uh, I thought like I had, a tiger, a lion. You know, maybe. Oh well, what am I going to eat today? I don't know. Squirrel. <laughs> what would you be, Brian? Oh, uh, probably a dog. I'm kind of a people pleaser. Just okay. you know, barking and happy to see you. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm 100 percent a panda bear. Oh, that's good. Like, remember there was a video on Facebook a while back of the lady trying to clean out the panda enclosure and they're like falling over and they won't leave her alone. <laughs> I showed my wife one day. I was like, hey, what does this remind you of? And she sat there and just watched and then started just like laughing. And I go, what does it remind you of? She goes, you. <laughs> so, so, Are there any other questions you want to ask me so you can then answer them yourself? Or uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, hey, dude, somebody's got to carry the show. <laughs> I guess you had more time allotted for that answer than squirrel. Okay. <laughs> hey man, we got we got time for whatever. Okay. okay here's question three. Okay. Um, of all of your experiences, you know, speaking in churches and conferences and trips, it, are there any like funny stories that you can you could say like I, I'll never forget when this happened. Funny story, never forget uh, when this happened. I'll tell you. Well. An unfunny one is that uh, my my friend Jim Burns and I were traveling. And, um, when I speak, I do a whole little humor thing, kind of warms people up and stuff. 
And so before I arrived, he got to the audience first and said, when he comes out here, don't laugh at anything. You know, just, <laughs> and so um, I'm auditioning to do this speaker tour and uh, they're not laughing. And so I just messed up my whole talk. And <laughs> I, uh, I still, you know, am angry. I didn't get rid of all bitterness, but it was hard. So it wasn't really um, funny, but um, yeah, I, that's one of my, the more memorable things. Probably the most memorable thing that I've ever done was um, I was speaking at Women of Faith one time and uh, telling my story about uh, abortion and objectifying women and stuff. And so I just said, you know, maybe you've had a man in your life that's been like that. And they've never uh, asked for forgiveness. Well, I just want to ask you to forgive me. And, you know, I think it just produced a, a result that I I didn't anticipate because uh, women were crying. They were coming up afterward. You know, no man had ever made any kind of gesture like that to them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow dude. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's say uh, Steve Arterburn gets arrested. Yeah, your wife. Your wife gets a phone call. Yeah, from the police, and all they say is Steve has been arrested, and then they hang up. What would be the first thing your wife would think of of why you had been arrested? Um, well, it happened. Uh, so <laughs> she probably okay. she probably thinks not this again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was driving, and uh, this policeman pulls me over. And, um, he, I don't have a sticker on my car. So that's why he pulled me over. But then when he pulls me over, I don't have a valid driver's license. I, you know, I have, I have a, a terminal case of attention deficit disorder and I kind of let that go. So he can't let me drive home. So, so he has to keep me there until she comes and picks me up in the middle of the night, you know. And I'm coming back from a trip from the airport. And, uh, so yeah. But other than that, it would, um, if I was arrested, she, she'd probably think I was, uh, making fun of somebody or cracking a, a joke and got hit or I don't know, <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Drink, so it couldn't be drunk driving. And, uh, I don't expose myself to people anymore. So it's probably not bad. So, you know. I've never done that, actually. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just a weird question. And um, if you guys want to talk about your own stuff, that's fine. <laughs> okay. We got a good answer this time. That's we won't right. need to. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, this is the last one of the five. Okay. Um, and we're, you know, this is the Worship Leader Props podcast. So, we've got lots of worship leaders and tech, yeah. tech people and their volunteers listening. So, if we could gather all of them, like every worship leader, production person, and all their teams and volunteers, we could gather all of them in one place, and we gave you a microphone to say something to them about what they do in the life of the church, what would you say to them? Well, I'd say um, I've, I've been a part of a lot of churches, and I'm a teaching pastor at a at Northview Church in Carmel. And um, one of the things that I've seen that's a real problem is wanting to, to be or create the next cool thing. Mm. Oh. And so you're so wanting to be on the cutting edge or out there that you miss what's happening right now. Mm. Uh, second thing 
I would say, um, a desire to introduce people to music that you love so much that you forget it's about them. Mm. And uh, they might want to be singing music that they love. doesn't mean, um, you know, that you're doing old hymns in a contemporary service, but you just want to be sure that there's music that people uh, are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the one of the coolest things I ever heard was a church that was struggling with um, what kind of music that they were going to have. Mm-hmm. Traditional, um, not so traditional, whatever. And um, the answer to what they were going to have was what appealed to young uh, parents and young families the most. Because that's how churches grow, is that you bring in young families. They've got school kids. They want to put their kids into the, the, the classes on Sunday, during the week. Um, you know, they're more focused on, we got to get some values into these kids. So you want to appeal to them. That's your growth. And so mm-hmm. uh, the music guy said to the older people, um, said, I know what you want. You want more traditional music. But I know what you really want. What you really want is 50 years from now, when you're dead, this church is about five times as big as it is, and you got families and young kids running around here worshiping Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I can't give you what you want, but I can give you what you really want. That was the end of the discussion. (laughs) The the old folks said, Harvey, hand me my cane, and let's get out of here. Oh man, that's great. Great answers. Great answers. Um, well, we want to kind of turn a little bit, uh, pivot, uh, into one of the reasons we thought of, of you oh, immediately. Oh, you wanted me to turn. Got it. <laughs> we thought of you immediately is, uh, you know, the church world has been, uh, shaken lately with some pastors, uh, ending their lives and, you know, uh, the ministry is challenging and demanding and, uh, you know, many pastors don't probably have a good sense of healthy boundaries and all of those things. And so we wanted to just have a conversation with you that, um, you know, a lot of the listeners to our podcast tend to be on the younger end of the spectrum. And so, uh, you know, if we could somehow help them at the beginning, maybe they can uh, set some standards that will serve them, you know, well for a really long uh, tenure in ministry. So like, what, what are some things that you see uh, as the biggest challenges facing pastors today? Well, you, you, um, the big challenge is you don't want to be known. Mm. Um, you've got mm. things in your life and you, you are afraid that you're going to lose your job. If people know you struggle, that you don't have victory over everything. Mm. Um, and so mm. you have all these secrets and you have an image that isn't accurate. And if you're projecting an image that isn't accurate, well, you're setting yourself up for self-destruction because every time somebody says to you, man, I just love you. I just appreciate you go right to, yeah. Uh, but if they only knew me, uh, that wouldn't be the case. So anything positive gets canceled out because you're faking it and you know it. And so 
Um, the one thing I would say is that you, you need to develop um, a pretty authentic life. Everybody's got something. Um, yeah. And not everybody needs to know everything. But somebody needs to know everything about it. You need to have somebody that you can say anything to. You know it's safe. Um, and the other thing is, uh, if you're, I would just say this, if you're, I hate to mess with people that are watching your podcast, but if you're part of a church that doesn't believe in counseling, you really have to ask yourself, um, is that, is that really smart of you? Because some of the suicides you hear about are actually from faith, um, beliefs, or you could say denominations even, or affiliations, but they're not too big on counseling. So yeah. when you say counseling isn't um, a good thing or whatever, here's what you're saying. You're saying that these Christian colleges all over the world, and especially like right here in the United States, they have these PhDs uh, who are Christians who didn't go to study how to preach but how to better communicate one-on-one, how to help somebody. You're saying they're stupid. You're brilliant. Mm. They're stupid. They're mis- they, their whole life is dedicated. A college that has a Christian counseling department, you're saying all the people that, that are part of that, they're all stupid. I'm brilliant. Well, fact mm. is, you're stupid. If you don't think, <laughs> I mean, really, you're stupid. You really are. Uh, to think that you're the genius and all these other people who have, have taken more than five minutes to develop an opinion about this. In fact, they've dedicated their whole life to studying how do we communicate in a deeper, richer way how a person could turn life around. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it in all sorts of, of forms. It's an arrogance uh, mm-hmm. that causes people to kill themselves mm-hmm. because they have no place to go. Listen to this. Wow. My wife and I, we go to counseling every week. Every week. Now, why do we do that? Well, there are a couple of reasons. I want people to know there's nothing to be ashamed of to be in counseling. Secondly, it's quite helpful. There's always something new, always something deeper that we can go into. And so somebody says to me, um, do you think we could benefit from counseling? I think you could benefit from more IQ points because uh, everybody can benefit from counseling, unless somehow you've figured it all out. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. So I think there's an arrogance that you have to, to watch out for uh, that that's very, very destructive. You need to be living a life that's, you know, pretty good. They're not perfect, uh, but you need to be sure that when you get in trouble, you've got a place to go. If that means you've got to drive an hour and a half to go to another town where nobody knows you, fine. Um, but, you know, it's like we do these weekend experiences and you come in, you don't know anybody that's there, they don't know you, you you come in, you leave, and you do some major work. So uh, I, I really question anybody that's part of a ministry uh, that, that doesn't believe in people sitting down one-on-one and getting some really, really good help. And, you know, if you had a child that was schizophrenic and you thought, that, well, this is like a demon, which it could be, uh, and then you took them to have the demon cast out, fine, do it. 
Now, when they're not different the next day, maybe it's time that they go see a psychiatrist. And here's the thing. When they go see a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist is going to say, well, you know what? A lot of times this schizophrenia thing comes on at about age 19. It's a genetic thing that happens. And we have a medicine for this. And your son takes this medicine and he's going to live a pretty normal life. If you'll take the medicine, do some things differently, uh, and, and, and then you've got hope. But if you don't do that, you're, you're, um, you're missing out on what God's provided for a very, very tough problem. Um, somebody's bipolar, you know, depressed and anxious medicine that can take care of that. No talk therapy is going to do it. It, there's a yeah. specific medicine for these these things in this organ, the brain, that they cause it to function more normally. And, you know, when you talk about the mind, you're not talking about the brain. The brain is an organ. Just like, you know, if you're, if you're having kidney failure, you're going to treat that kidney organ to function better, differently. And so we've, you know, we've got this amazing ability to treat the brain as an organ a real live bodily uh, functioning organ, if you don't do it, you're missing out on what could help. So th- th- that's my big headline. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to have nice little scriptures to put on everything. But let me tell you what Jeremiah said years ago, about, I don't know, 3,000 years ago or so. Jeremiah 6.14. They treat the deep wounds of my people with superficial treatments and do they even blush no they don't even care now Mm. he's saying that we're still doing that and uh, one of my life missions is to never uh, do anything superficial people Mm. say things like you know what the truth sets you free and i said where'd you hear that uh the bible i said you know the bible doesn't say that they go oh well absolutely does if you don't think the Bible says the truth sets you free, you're a heretic. I say, no, you're a heretic. Because here's what the Bible actually says. In John 8, 31, 32, it says this. If you will follow my teaching. Oh, there's a big if there. Follow. That takes action. Mm. If you follow my teaching, you are truly my disciple. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. So I got to follow the teaching, how to do something, and I become a disciple. And it says, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It doesn't say, if you will memorize a bunch of scripture, you will be so full of yourself, knowing these verses to quote at people, to shame them, <laughs> you, you'll be free. No, it doesn't say that. So, so if we take stuff out of context, we're using something superficial, Versus going deeper. And, and you know, you look at uh, right past that Jeremiah 6.16. It says, stop at the crossroad. Look around. Search for the old godly way. Find that path. Walk in it. And you will find rest for yourself. Well, what is that old godly way? Well, it's humility first. got to humble down. Uh, you got to be willing. you got to be willing to get whatever help. Pride has to go away. Humility replaces it. Stubbornness goes away. Willingness replaces that. Now we can do something 
uh, to grow, uh, and to stay healthy, and to reach out and help other people. That's that's the best thing that you can possibly do. So don't look for the superficial answer. And if anybody's giving you one, you ought to say to them, wow, that seems so superficial. Has anybody ever come back to you and said, that really didn't work? <laughs> no, because they don't respect you enough to come back and talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. I have a few thoughts hey, about that. So. Yeah, I good. love it. Hey, hey, Steve, I want to go back to some, one thing you said. You said you need to have somebody that like knows everything about you. Is that typically just a spouse no. or is that, or do you find no. it healthier to be somebody outside of your marriage no. relationship? No. Um, if, if let's just say that you were lusting after every female that walked back, well, that'd be kind of stupid for the first person you ever open up to, uh, to be your wife. Now, if you say, Oh no, that's a, no, that'd be really stupid. Not as stupid as, well, you know, it's good to pray. It's good to pray with your spouse, right? Not good to spray, to, to pray for your spouse with your spouse. Dear Lord, help my wife to be more encouraging of me as I am to her. You know, I mean, that's dumb. So what you want to do is you want to have a buddy. Men become men in the company of men. And, and they stay little baby true. boys. They stay little baby boys without other men to help them. So you want to have a man that you can say, Hey, boy, this is a real struggle of mine. I need to deal with it. So that when you do talk to your wife, you're not talking about lusting after everyone and all that stuff. You're saying, honey, you know, I've, I've been struggling with a little bit of lust and, um, I went to I just want you to know I'm taking care of it. I went to, Bob, talk to him about it. We're dealing with it. In fact, we're going to go to this uh, group together. We're doing stuff. That's so much better than laying it out there on her and, and just saying it. Don't just say it. Do something about it. So when you're talking about it, you're not just laying it on her. You're saying, I'm doing something about it. If you're not doing something about it, you got to do something about it. Yeah. I think, I like, in my own, like, experience it seems like many times like guys especially in pastoral ministry fall into um you know some sort of sin or they you know take their own lives or whatever it's because they they were hiding everything and didn't feel like they had anybody to talk to so like what have you found steve is you're trying to like identify this person that you're going to let into your life or is there any characteristics or anything that you you would want to see not like a checklist but like hey these things would be super important in whoever this person is that's going to you know be accountable in your life well First of all, if you don't have somebody like that and you just got in trouble or did something, uh, then you need to go to a licensed clinical therapist that's got a plaque on the wall because mm-hmm. you can tell that person anything. And if it's not confidential, you're going to sue them, make a bunch of money, and then you can hire your own therapist part time to work for you. <laughs> but really, you should, you should at least pay for somebody to be a confidential partner with you. Yeah. But when it comes to um, somebody else, I mean, you just, you got to know somebody. You've got to have a relationship with them. You yeah. don't have anybody to have a relationship with. You got to ask yourself, why is that? What, what is it about me that, that's a problem that's causing me to not reach out and have some kind of meaningful relationship with another man? Yeah. And, uh, but you, you got to have it. So you need somebody that's going to be safe and confidential. 
it'd be really good if that person has told you about their own struggles so that you guys, you know, you're on the same playing field, level mm, yeah. field. Mm, mm, that's good. Yeah. Dude, this that that guy's a nut. He's crazy. Yeah, he he's really funny. He's very dry and pretty sarcastic. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but uh just man, he has been at the forefront of a lot of a lot of things, um a lot of things that uh are kind of commonplace in the in our world of Christian stuff, you know. Yeah. And um we've been privileged to go on some trips with him and uh he and his wife misty were on our board for a few years and uh they are uh they're good people that's awesome dude well hey uh check out new life uh on the internet check them out on google and uh they got a lot of really great um resources that can help you wherever you are in your life and your ministry right now. So we uh, highly encourage you do that. And Hey, if you want to be part of the worship leader Props podcast, we have a couple ways you can send us in your MVPs by going to www.worshipleaderprobs.com. You can send in your prayer concerns also at worshipleaderprobs.com. You can hit us up in our DMS. You can comment on any of the wonderful memes that Brian makes. Um, and so we're just really thankful for y'all. And Hey, do us a huge favor. Um, if you wouldn't mind, if you could go and give us a five star rating on iTunes, we, we, your, your new mission is to get us to 400 reviews and you guys are quickly helping us get there. And so we're just, and we're just grateful for you. Yes, the worship are. leader. Yes, Probs Nation. They're good people is what they are. They're good people. So, Hey guys, until next time. See ya. Deuces.